0: Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
1: Good morning, New
0: York. The U.S. Open is here. Storylines are unbelievable this year. Coming up on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Novak Djokovic explains how he is approaching some of the most historic milestones in tennis.
2: This is what you work for all your life to put yourself in a unique position to make history.
0: What will it take for Ash Barty to finally make a deep run in New York? And reigning U.S. Open champ Dominic Thiem rejoins our team for day two at the Open. Bright Lights, Big City. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball in New York. It was absolutely rocking last night at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. The fans were back, and the energy here just hits different. A lot to discuss as we get you ready for Grand Slam action in Flushing Meadows. All the highlights from some incredible day one matches. How Zach Svita went from the zoo to the concrete jungle. And defending U.S. Open champ Dominic Thiem joins us to break down all the action. Early morning in New York, Sasha Zverev is there riding high. 11-match win streak. Your Olympic gold medalist winner in Cincy getting ready to play this guy. Sam Querrey trying to break a five-match losing streak and get his first top ten win at the U.S. Open. Looking forward to that matchup. And how about Naomi Osaka, back after her win last night, the defending champion getting ready for round two at the U.S. Open. And it is day two as we welcome you back into our studios in Santa Monica. An hour to get you ready for first ball every day at the U.S. Open. Steve Weisman, U.S. Open singles and doubles champion, the Hall of Famer, Lindsey Davenport, John Wertheim back with you here. What a day one. I mean, Perhaps the best. It felt like the second week at a major.
3: Yeah, best opening day of tennis that, at a major that I've ever seen. And we're talking about not only the excitement of having the fans back on the grounds, but the level of play that we saw in these opening round matches of a slam. So incredible. We've got so many great matches to talk about. And, John, we were talking about on the women's side, we had three major champions in Mugarutha. Hallep and Kerber, that had to play sensational tennis just to get past the first round.
1: And those weren't even our top storylines necessarily. Spoiled for choices, and I would add to that, duration. Is there a better value in sports than a grounds pass at the U.S. Open? 11 o'clock, matches start. Night session didn't start till after nine, so you got nine hours of tennis.
0: It was absolutely incredible yesterday. Fifteen Americans in action, including Coco. Goff, Lindsay, said yesterday it was going to be the crowds that would really give a big boost to the teenager. You were absolutely right. She needed that against Magdalene.
3: Yeah, she really did. It. And Goff got off to a great start, up 5-3. And then the unforced errors kicked in. And Magda Lynette, another very tough first-round opponent. With that forehand miss, that was 20 unforced errors in the opening set. Gave it to Lynette. Lynette went on a run of five games in a row. Had a two-love lead in the second set. And this is right at the time where the crowd noise really kicked in. They got behind Coco Gauff. She got more aggressive. She started to feel more comfortable. Looked like, in the beginning, maybe a little bit nervous. She settled in beautifully, though. She started dictating play more. She started getting the fans more and more involved. And this absolutely was huge. Beginning of the third set, she got off to a big lead. Three-love double-break lead. couple nerves kicked in again for Goff. And Lynette with a point to get it back to 5-all. And Goff, an amazing job of fighting through. Loved her resolve in this match, John.
1: There was a sort of upset buzz on the grounds, and fans kept piling into this match. And again, her ability to reset from little misfortunes and from big misfortunes, I think, is an underrated part of her game. Look at that knockoff volley. Played herself right back into this match. Oh, they love her
0: in New York City. Coco gets the win. Let's go inside the press room with golf.
2: I was definitely very nervous coming into today's match just because it's the first round in your home slam. Um, but honestly, I'm glad that I was able to get through it. The crowd playing in front of the New York fans um, definitely is an experience that I'll never forget. And every time I go out there, I just re reminded of how much I love playing in front of the crowd.
0: I mean, we saw in the stands, in her player box, some serious star power. We had NBA legend Steve Nash. We had Olympic gold medalist Sidney McLaughlin and Coco put on a show there's going to be some serious star power in her second round match
1: when she gets sloan stevens but you know what this is sort of the pinnacle of this you have a celebrities in the stands you're at the u.s open she's played more than 40 matches she's won more than 30 matches those wednesday nights in outer kazakhstan when she's learning how to win that is coming to bear right here this is really sort of the legacy of all the tennis she has played She's made her schedule peak for this event, and I thought that was a very poised performance against an underrated opponent yesterday.
3: Yeah, and, and also, I mean, you, you watch her play out there; it's not easy. And we have to keep in mind, at 17 years 17. old, to learn how to use the crowd like that, and the and her reactions. I mean, you saw her reaction at the end of the match. She is a natural at this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And, and John said, I mean, she toiled in the junior circuit. She hasn't shied away from any kind of competition, doubles court, singles court, all, she, all over the world. Always gives it her all. I love her energy out there. The fans in New York love her energy, and that is going to help her so much. Not only this U.S. Open but in the years to come.
0: She is so easy to like. Uh, By the way, she said her first memory of Sloan when she was 10 invited her to her birthday party, (laughs) and her friends were like,
1: this is so cool, the professional tennis player Sloan Stevens is here. That wasn't even that long ago.
0: (laughs) Seven Seven years (laughs) ago. Incredible stuff. Coco moving on to round two. How about your defending champ? Naomi Osaka kicking off the night session on Arthur Ashe against Marie Boskova. Showed why she is so comfortable on these courts, Lindsay.
3: And Steve, another high-quality match this first set back and forth between these two. One break of serve, and it occurred here in this 10th game where Osaka slowly started to find her range. She was absolutely stumping her ground strokes. A couple errors in the beginning, but shortly after really settled in, and Boskova actually played a great match. Osaka hit a serve at 122 miles per hour. She definitely went out on the court in this match I'm going to go for it. I'm going to find my A game. I'm going to rip groundies. That's the way she's going to win a third U.S. Open title.
0: Highlighter outfit. A lot of highlights for Naomi Osaka. 34 winners, 16 straight Grand Slam wins for your defending champion on the women's side. On the men's side, number one American John Isner taking on 20-year-old countryman Brandon Nakashima for the third time this summer. John, there were tie breaks. There were aces. But how about the youngster?
1: There are inevitably both when John Isner plays, but this was really about Brandon Nakashima handling this big moment. You're right, Steve, they played three times, they split those, so Nakashima had already had some success. Look at that defense, look at that athleticism, and we talk about the aces. I mean, John had 22, that's a big number, 15 for Nakashima. He wins two breakers, and then poise, poise, poise. I mean, he broke John in the third set and was able to close this out. A very complete game. From Nakashima, the 20-year-old from San Diego, a little bit of a sort of whiff of torch passing here. That's a big win. And Riley Opelka, move on up. You're our next highest American seed left. Well, the match of the day was second on Ash.
0: It was the first meeting between 2012 U.S. Open champ Andy Murray and three-seed Stefanos Tsitsipas. This had a little bit of everything, including slipping.
1: We have uh, a nervous moment here when you have titanium in your hip. This was the first time these two had played, and... uh... Boy, did they make up for that? This was like a five-episode streaming uh, drama. This was this was operatic. Notice the score bug here. Murray up two six, six sets right. to one. The hip is holding up. His physical conditioning is holding up. Outplaying Tsitsipas. This really looks like vintage 2016 Andy Murray here for for four hours of this. Uh, and here, four sets. Tsitsipas comes back in. This is the third seed, and we're going to miss what happened well, in between. What's your
4: opinion on this? I mean, you're up by the match. What's your opinion? What?
3: What, for 20 minutes every
1: time? Oh, how long do you think it was? Roughly an eight-minute bathroom break before the fifth set started. That would not sit well with uh, with Murray, and that had a, a material impact on this seven, match. Tsitsipas closes this out in five. Three, seven, a six, lot six, of drama. Seven, six, not much six, of a uh, handshake six, three, there. Six, yeah, Murray not happy with Steph
0: after. Let's go inside the press room.
1: It's disappointing because... I feel it influenced the outcome of the match. Not not necessarily, I'm not saying I necessarily win that match for sure, but it it had influence on what was happening um, after those breaks. And, you know, I rate him a lot. I think he's a brilliant player and I think he's great for the game. Um, But I have zero time for that
3: stuff at all and
2: I lost respect for him. I don't think I broke any rules. I played by the guidelines and... How everything is so yeah definitely something for both of us to to kind of chat about and make sure because you know I, I don't know how my opponent feels when I when I'm out there playing playing the match it's not really my priority uh, as far as I'm, I'm I'm playing by the rules and st- sticking to what's uh, to what ATP says is is fair then you know the rest is is fine
0: Murray said he lost respect for Tsitsipas, called it nonsense. Now, this is another big-name player calling Steph out for these extra-long bathroom breaks. What do you think about it?
3: Yeah, I mean, no doubt this was building from Cincinnati when Sasha Zverev called out Sitsipas On court after the first set, he leaves the court. Zverev not only talked about the time, the length, but also accused him of texting his dad. This is a carryover from that. I was surprised that it bothered Murray so much. And, and, you know, he's talked about the umpire when Steph left the court after the fourth. At Love 2, that's not the time to start chirping at the tournament referee. Still bothered by that. I was surprised at 34 years old and a former number one that it affected him that much. He knew going in that that could be something that could happen out there. Um, He obviously talked about it this morning also. We'll get to that a little later in the show. But... Um, It was unfortunate that after that match and the quality and the physicality, they played almost five hours that this was the storyline we were left with after that great play.
1: I do feel we need a sidebar and say, Andy Murray, we all know what he's been through. He played five hours against the number three seed and probably should have won that match. The body held up, the conditioning held up. I mean, in some ways, he ought to be very happy. I want to ask you, though. Do we need a rule or can we sort of self-correct by humiliating the, uh, the, the, the people that do wrong here? I mean, I, I wonder if just sort of the, the pylon on, on Sitsipas is enough to chill this or do you think we need a formal rule?
3: Uh, absolutely a formal rule. I mean, all these rules came into place a couple of years ago with time between points and how quickly you have to get from your bag to the coin toss back to hitting the first ball in warm-up. But we're not going to worry about when players leave the court not correct. And there is a bathroom right outside the court on Arthur Ashe Stadium. Sitsyパス most of the time chooses to go all the way to the locker room. Have a time. Whatever that is, 5 minutes, 4 minutes, that's the time you get. You can't make it in 4 minutes. You want to bet the players aren't going to figure out how to make it yeah, back exactly. to the court if points start getting deducted?
1: And all says I mean right now the rule just to be reasonable.
0: Reasonable yeah. reasonable, oh, yeah. reasonable time. By the way, you, you teased it because sometimes we say sleep on it, yeah. Andy slept nope. on it, Andy doubled
5: down. <laughs> exactly.
0: Dominic team is going to join us later in the show, to talk more about Andy Murray, Stefano Sitsipas, and what Andy had to say this morning. Let's take a look at the featured matches today. If you thought day one was good, day two, man, it gets even better. You got the top two seeds in action on Arthur Ashe today, Lindsay.
3: Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Ash Barty copes with being the number one seed. A lot of pressure on her. She's never been past the round of 16 here in New York. And how about Bibi? Oh yeah. her first uh, match back since winning the tournament a couple of years ago. Undefeated at this venue. That's
1: <laughs> a deceptively tough opponent. <laughs> There's Von Areva, former finalist, taking
0: on Ash Barty. Over on Lewis Armstrong, you got a former runner-up. Karolina Pliskova against teenager
1: Katie McNally. What else stands out to you, John? We have our... Gold medal winner in singles, Melinda Bencic, who's had great success at the U.S. Open. Big opportunity for McNally. I mean, Plushka was going to be the overwhelming favorite, but Katie McNally likes the crowd. She'll have some crowd support. And uh, we haven't heard much from Dennis after that brilliant semifinal run at Wimbledon. Can he get back on track
3: at this major? Yeah, my grounds past court of the day. Court five. If what you're you an American tennis fan, find your way out to court five. You'll get Amanda Anasimova. You'll get Shelby Rogers. But you'll get Sebastian Corda. Good chance that oh, this might be yeah. the last U.S. Open you're going to see Corda on an outside court.
0: Yeah, it's, these first two days, Ground's incredible passed, tennis yeah. at the U.S. Open. By the way, coming up later on TC Live, Dominic Team, as mentioned, will discuss that Murray Sitsipas kerfuffle, plus the remarkable story of Zach Svita, the king of Kalamazoo, now looking to stand out among the skyscrapers in New York City. You're watching TC Live.
1: Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money with Marcus by Goldman Sachs.
0: Back on TC Live, tennis.com is more than just a website, it is your home for the entire sport. Get breaking news, real-time match scores, player profiles, and more all in one place. Log on now at tennis.com. David Kane has Carolina Pliskova's Renewed Clarity and Cale Hammond with Betting Central. With more on the conditions in New York, here's Fox Weather with today's forecast.
1: I'm meteorologist Nick Coaster, and here's your U.S. Open Weather Forecast. Going to be a beautiful day in Flushing Meadows, 86 degrees. Partly sunny and a little humid. Hey, enjoy the sunshine today because rain from Ida is moving in tomorrow. Precise, personal, powerful Fox weather coming in October.
0: Sunshine today. Love to hear it. TC Live, of course, your U.S. Open pregame show for the next two weeks. Join us. We love having you. 10 a.m. Eastern every day. ESPN's live match coverage begins at noon Eastern. And Tennis Channel will have encore coverage of the best matches every night the Zach svita story coming up next on tc live welcome back Zach svita made history this summer the first player to win the 18 and under division of the usda's top junior event in non-consecutive years Brett Haber has more on the teenager who has been the youngest player in the U.S. Open men's draw two of the last three years.
1: In many ways, San Diego native Zachary Sfida is like most teenagers his age. He enjoys spending his free time playing video games. He's working on
0: passing his driver's license test. But it's his story between these lines
1: that truly makes Zach unique.
5: I started when I was two years old. I just love holding the racket in my hand, hitting a yellow ball. Every single
4: day I'd pick him up from daycare, he'd say, Daddy tennis, daddy tennis. So he kept coming out, just kind of hitting the ball around, and just went from there. Get up, get up! Amazingly, he was not only making contact with the ball, but he was hitting it over. I approached his dad, I said, look, I've never seen a two-year-old A, hit the ball like that consistently, and B, focus, and if he can do that, I'd love to be able to work with him and, and coach him.
0: Nice footwork, Zach.
4: Everything was based on his decisions. He was 11 and he goes, I'll just train. I don't want to do tournaments anymore, junior tournaments. You know, it was a risk.
5: We heard, there's no way this is going to work. There's not enough match play. It was mostly negative. I started hitting with the college guys at like, I would say eight or nine. We actually had a college guy living with us for a few years that definitely helped like a ton.
3: Our
1: pathway was always if we train him to play like a pro when he's maybe 8, 9, even if he doesn't go in, if he understands kind of the mentality, then hopefully he'll blossom into that when he gets to 16, 17,
4: 18.
0: After almost five years of playing not a single junior tournament, Zach decided the time was right and entered the top national
4: event in the country. I asked him if he wanted to play Kalamazoo goes, Well, if I do it, I'll do the 18s, because if I do win it... ...I'd be able to, you know, play in the U.S. Open. He did well. He did really well. Surprisingly,
1: um, came through and won the tournament.
5: It was amazing. I think I I actually had tears in my eyes. It was really incredible. I had no idea how I was gonna do. I went out there saying, like, Okay, I hope I can get a few games. A big backhand from Zach Vida.
4: We are pretty excited
5: for him, but we knew that the nerves were
4: going to start hitting him pretty hard thinking about it, and then he got the second set 7-6. That's just well done from the 16-year-old. And then at 2-all, he was having a full body cramp, but knowing Zach, he wasn't going to default that match.
1: Wow! How about
5: that touch? That was his first ever ATP match, and he almost beat a tour veteran. I definitely took some positives out of that for sure, but I was so sore for like a week. Having such
0: a strong result at the U.S. Open at only 16 years old, Zach also caught the eye
4: of many of the world's top pros. In Indian Wells, some of the pros started asking him to hit when they got there, and the first pro he hit with was John Isner, who he practices with a lot.
5: I knew I was going to practice with John to be his hitting partner, but I didn't know I was going to practice with Roger and Team and Medvedev, all these top guys. Roger, the last three days of the tournament,
4: asked him to be his warm-up partner for the quarters, the semis and the finals. I think that's
5: the most nervous he's ever been in his life.
4: Certainly, I think he's learned
1: now that not only can he practice with them, but he can give him a good run for the money, I think, starting pretty soon.
5: Next year, I'd like to be top two, 300, and hopefully just keep going from there. It's amazing to watch that growth. He
4: has pretty lofty goals, and not knowing is even more fun. You know, just not knowing where it's going to go.
0: Pretty awesome story. Uh, he's playing Marco Cecchinato. Court Eight today. Guaranteed seventy-five grand either way. But how remarkable is it for him to win the National Hard two times in three years? Couldn't play obviously twenty twenty because of COVID. You won national hard courts on the women's side, the 18 and under, and and he had the pressure of being the top seed this year.
3: I'm so impressed that he won it at 16 and (laughs) with no junior tennis experience, that doesn't happen very often. So often it's so hard to take a long term view and that's exactly what he and his team did there. We heard about that but then to back it up a couple of years later, it was pretty awesome these last few weeks when all the nationals were taking place for all the age groups. Everybody knows at Kalamazoo and the girls 18s in San Diego, if you win, you're going to the big show at the US Open. A lot of pressure. Three out of five Set final for the boys. He came through in straight sets, and to win it twice, it's pretty special. With a year off, as you said.
1: Yep. Now he gets another Italian. We saw two years ago there was a sort of hum at the U.S. Open. There was this kid. He's a 16-year-old. He's playing Paolo Lorenzi, this top 40 veteran, 37 years old, and he's up two sets to love. And everyone sort of came to that court. And now he gets another Italian today. I don't know if in in that piece that our friend Nithin Varma did, I thought was really well done. Could you tell how well this kid moves? And I think, you know, he's he's not a big kid. He weighs 145 pounds. That's that's 25 pounds less than Novak Djokovic, who's known for being (laughs) slender. So he's going to have to play a lot of defense. Even in that video clip, you could see the movement that will serve him well.
0: Listen, we saw in that piece, practicing at Indian Wells with Roger Federer, with John Isner, with Dominic Thiem. Guess who he was hitting with yesterday? Novak Djokovic. He posted videos on Instagram warming up with Novak. I mean, how good is that prep for the match today?
3: Yeah, and just to be around those kind of players and you see how they train and what they do in between. Uh, when they're breaking in practice. I also think that the two years of physicality is going to help him a lot today. A couple of years ago when he played in the U.S. Open, he cramped. He's had a few years also now to develop. He's learned more by being around players like that. And Cecconato, he's more of a clay court player. Mm. He's not going to like potentially the very fast courts out there. The fans are going to be going crazy for him. I think it could be a really fun day for Zach. If
1: I were a junior coach, I would be Begging top pros to play with my player. Yeah. The amount of confidence that imbues what you pick up just by osmosis watching these guys. He'll play a first round match. It's best of five. The guy just played with Novak Djokovic. How yeah. much more yeah. pressure could he feel today? Uh,
0: probably less, right? <laughs> <laughs> Zach Svita wishing you the best of luck today out on court eight at the U.S. Open. Players coming to sight, getting ready for their matches today. The world number one, Ash Barty taking on a former finalist in world number two in Vera's Von Areva. And Sasha Zverev getting ready as well. Warming up on Arthur Ashe. He'll play Sam Querrey. First up today on the big stadium. We'll be right back. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. lindsey john and steve back on tc live at the u.s open time now for a new segment it is the marcus by goldman sachs you can money and we're going to talk about some prize money today A new record in prize money, more than $57 million prize money at the U.S. Open this year. So, John,
1: explain how the U.S. Open has adjusted, how they are divvying up the payouts. I think this is uh, tennis, and I think this is admirable. This is tennis taking on income inequality. We have a bit of a prize money bump, which I think is pretty remarkable, especially given that not a single ticket was sold last year. So here's 2020, and you can... See the distribution starts at $61,000 if you lose in the first round, up to $3 million if you were Dominic team our new teammate, or if you were Naomi Osaka. Here's what it looks like in 2021. You see the champion's purse actually went down. Look at the first round money, though, up from sixty-one to $75,000. This is redistributed to the run-of-the-mill players. I mean, look, you'll notice the patch deals when the Stars plays. The top echelon, they have a lot of opportunity to make money in addition to prize money. The run-of-the-mill players don't, and this reflects that. I think this is really admirable. The top players have bought into this. This is really about redistributing the prize money to the rank and file players, and I think that's great.
3: Well, I think you hit it absolutely perfectly. This is about the top players also going in there and saying, hey, we're good. We're good. We re- really need to redistribute this money. The players that are ranked between anywhere between 50 and lower— those are the ones that need the money. They're the players that a lot of times can't afford a coach, can't afford to travel the world, especially once you start getting out of the top hundred. Does our sport do enough to allow enough players to make a living? When you started really talking about it and looking through the data, the, the answer was no. And so I give the tournaments a lot of credit. I also give the players who were making the really big bucks at the end a lot of credit for also saying, no, no, we're good with this. Yeah,
0: listen, $3 million, $2.5 million. It's good money either way. And $75,000, Lindsay, that's huge for some players because compare that to what they're making when they even win a 500-level event or a 250 event.
3: Yeah, it's so big to be inside the top 100, so you're guaranteed a first-round prize money check from a major you go to the regular tour on the WTA you win a tournament and you're taking home anywhere between thirty to thirty six thousand and the biggest tournament two hundred and sixty eight thousand and that's the one thousand level event they don't get any bigger than that but then you look at the grand slam prize money first round just to get into the main draw you get more money than if you were to win a WTA 500 event that has been huge a lot of it also you see a lot of players go on site now for the withdrawal you get half the money if you're on site but these are the players that really need the money to be able to pay, you know, airfare, hotels at some sure, tournaments yeah. for, their, for their coaches. And a lot of times, you know, they publish prize money. You've got to remember taxes take yeah. out so much of that. So a lot of times the players aren't left with that much money.
0: I mean, it just speaks, John, to how much these majors mean. I mean, that's incredible yeah. that a 500 event, you go through a week, you win the event. Yes.
1: And you make four grand less? That's fourth-round fourth prize. But no, I mean, I think we're, we're saying the quiet part out loud. I think COVID sort of accentuated this. For a lot of players, it is a financial struggle, and these matches mean a lot to them. I mean, the difference between the first and the second round is really significant. I mean, Roger Federer, Naomi Osaka, they, they ain't eating ramen. Like, they'll, they'll be, well, Naomi Osaka is eating ramen, <laughs> but uh, it's one of her <laughs> many endorsements. But for the majority of the stars, they're, they're going to be fine. The rest of the players, these are really significant tournaments. And, again four times a year to make $70,000 that is a big start toward funding your coaching and your travel
3: yeah there's so much that goes into being a successful pro player for so long the big picture was the the winner holding up the check, right, at, at tournaments, and they wanted to see the biggest number possible. I give so much credit to the tours for realizing this in those, these last couple of years that, hold on, we've got to support more players. They have done this, and credit the USTA for listening and for implementing that.
1: $6 million in qualifying, too. So even yeah. before the first round, we've already had a lot of money poured into these lower-ranked players.
0: Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money and you can make a living by playing four tournaments a year. Just stay in the top 100. Uh, this this is what's still to come on TC Live. Yeah, Dominic Team. You've been waiting all show. He is coming up next. We've got John Wertheim stat of the day. And Dami's gonna break down some day two matches. Had a great start on day one. Called that Carlos Alcaraz, upset yesterday. That's right. Grand Slam analyst Dominic Team joins
1: us. He just kept swinging. He comes from a set down, and you'd have to say, out hit the goat. His first Masters 1000 title.
0: The Tennis Channel team now has Dominic team. We are so happy to have the defending U.S. Open champion with us. Uh, Dami, great to see you once again. Listen, not only are you the defending U.S. Open champion, you're also the defending champion at Indian Wells at the time. That was your biggest title, your first Masters 1000 title. What do you remember about that moment and getting that title?
2: Um, it was similar like uh, the, the first Grand Slam title because I lost twice the final of the Masters 1000 um, before, twice in Madrid, and uh, then I played Roger in the finals who was in a a great form back then and it turned out to be an incredible tight three-setter and got a little bit lucky at the end but it was an amazing feeling and uh, gave me a huge boost for for everything that came up in the next one, one and a half years until the US Open 2020.
0: Dominic with a wrist injury right now, so not playing for the rest of this year, but joining us for the rest of the U.S. Open here on TC Live. And uh, you had a great call yesterday with Carlos Alcaraz getting that win against Cam Norrie, so off to a fantastic analyst start. We're now going to have you do your first highlight, Domi. It's almost like winning your first major or your first Masters 1000. Uh, John, start us off here with Daniil Medvedev, Richard Ghesquet.
1: This is our... 2019 finalists, look at the clock here. This match didn't get going till around midnight. Uh, Dominic, team, over to you. You said that if Novak Djokovic wasn't going to win this event, Medvedev was your next pick. How did he
2: look kicking it off? Dominic, how Medvedev look? He looked great. I mean, Gasquet um, is such a good player. I think he got already more than 500 tour wins, which is unbelievable, and Medvedev. always a tough First round opponent when it comes that early, but yeah, Daniel he looked so solid, didn't miss, and 6-4, uh, six, 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 Against a player like Pascade, that's how, that's how champions start into a nature, and well done, yeah. It was well, well
1: after midnight when they got off the court. How much do you think that impacts a player's rhythms at tournaments when they have late, late matches like that?
2: Um, well when you, you already start to know it once the uh, merit City bus match went I think it went four hours 40 something so when that match reaches a four hours mark or something you prepare already that it said it's gonna be late and uh, you, pre- re- you prepare mentally for that and uh, that's also a reason why we practice, fitness so hard just to get used to those situations because the Grand Slam, I mean, it's, it's so tough and uh, there is no rhythm at all. Um, to me, it happened three years ago. I played the fourth round at 11 and then the, the quarters against Rafa. so the second match of a night session. So there's no rhythm and you prepare basically all year long to, to take that rhythm.
0: It was a late night as well for Nick Kyrgios and Roberto Bautista-Agut. Lindsey, kick us off with this highlight.
3: Yeah, this was one of the matches that we had circled that could be such a dangerous match. And could this be an upset? Nick won the fewest games he's ever won at a major here. Dominic, were you surprised at all with this result?
2: Yeah, I was surprised with with that result. But um, Roberto, I mean, he's so tough to play, you know, so solid. He doesn't miss and if if Nick or if anyone else is, is not at his best, um, results like that can happen. And um, yeah, he's, he's one of the toughest opponent as well uh, in those early rounds because no matter which tournament, which surface, he's always there plays his game. So, um, incredible tough, but still I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. Just
0: the third time in Nick's career that he's been bageled. Uh, Dominic, what do you think of Nick Kyrgios's year right now, where he's at as a tennis player, now ranked outside the top 100? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I didn't know that
2: he's now ranked outside the top 100, but, I mean, it's not easy to to come back from there. But um, I experienced it myself a little bit that um, with, with lack of practice and, and lack of enough matches on, on top tournaments against top opponents, um, you easy lose the rhythm. And, and I mean, it was always amazing how he did it, how he won matches against top players without playing many tournaments. But at least that's how I experience it. And the, the older you get somehow, the, the more matches you need and also the, the more consistent practice you need. And uh, maybe he didn't have that. in in the last month or in the last years. So that's maybe one reason why he dropped a little bit.
0: All right, let's preview some matches today, Dominic. We've got the top seed, Novak Djokovic, world number one, going, of course, for the Grand Slam, major number 21, taking on Holger Ruhn, former junior world number one, a guy who has practiced with Novak before. What chances do you give the young guy from Denmark against Novak Djokovic?
2: I saw Rune the, for the first time live in uh, Kitzbühel this year in, in Austria's tournament and a uh, great player with a great future. But um, he's taking on Novak, who is uh, chasing history, who is so familiar, feeling home on, on, on that court on the Alta Stadium. So I guess, unfortunately, there's no chance for him, but probably he's got 15 more US Opens at least. So, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> One guy making his Grand Slam debut, the other guy going for the <laughs> Grand Slam. More Dominic Team coming up next year on TC Live as he will break down the Andy Murray, stefano Tsitsipas war of words. You don't want to miss
1: this. Channel Live at Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today. Ships today.
0: Welcome back. It is that time. John Wertheim's stat of the day. What do you have
1: for us today? One one major champion remaining in the men's draw after Andy Murray and Marin Cilic a retirement go out so so get this either Novak Djokovic wins this event wins major 21 wins the grand slam or we have a first time major winner only one active major winning male left and that is Novak there are 12 women for the sake of comparison who have won majors and are still in the draw wow, wow. We had a first time major winner last year at the US Open. It's that guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Dominic
0: Team with us here on TC Live. Love having you on the show, Domi. And uh, you saw the match Stefano Tsitsipas, Andy Murray. And between the fourth and fifth sets, Stefano Sitsipas went off court, took a bathroom break, changed his clothes. Andy Murray was not happy about this, the amount of time that Tsitsipas took when he went off court. Sasha Zverev was not happy about this at a tournament. Previously, there's a lot of players that have been talking about this. You hear Andy talking to the chair umpire. Well, Andy was still talking this morning, he put out a tweet saying it takes Stefano Sitsipas twice as long to go to the bathroom as it takes Jeff Bezos to fly into space. Interesting. Your reaction, Dami? Uh, Well,
2: first of all, it it was a hell of a match, and... uh... Great for tennis, and it's also nice that things are heating up from time to time. But um, I mean, I saw almost all the match and I can totally understand Andy. Um, but my point of view is that you, especially in the conditions of, of New York, you need to go out um, at le- in, a, in a five-setter at least twice because you just need to change your pants. There's no way around that, especially if you sweat that much. But um, there should be a time limit to that, because uh, if you go out and you, you change all your clothes I and mean, it doesn't take longer than three, four minutes, um, maximum five. So there should be a time limit on that um, because um, I, I heard in this press conference, and um, he was right. I mean it just cools down your body and uh, you're, you're getting stiff and it's not easy at all. So there should be a time limit, but, it needs to be allowed to go out just to to change your clothes because um once i mean it also happened to Andy once all the sweat is going down to your shoes to your feet, you cannot move anymore so that's that's my point of view of that, but um in general, it was a hell of a match and then great for tennis, and sometimes it's good if things are spicing up a little bit <laughs> lindsay what do, what do you
0: make uh, of Andy doubling down? I mean, he said we had to say in the press conference last night, and then. Sleeping on it and still going with this tweet this morning.
3: Oh, I didn't like it. I, I don't know. I mean, he, you have your chance yesterday after the match to say your piece. We heard, we read at Andy's comments. We heard some of them um, in the post match press conference. I don't know. I think that a little bit unnecessary this morning. We saw him on court. He was very unhappy. Probably could have handled that situation better, but I, I don't know if there was a need to double down today.
1: I feel like. Dominic to uh, hit on a point that we should all acknowledge it's not the worst thing in the world for this sport if there's a little bit of aggro a little bit of friction and if if Andy Murray wants to continue this fight uh, into the next morning probably not the worst thing Uh,
0: Dominic what what do you think of uh, like how are we going to change this rule how do we get this done You, you you think there should be a rule maybe max five minutes how do we get that to happen
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say max five minutes would be a good rule. Um, You can easily change all your clothes in five minutes, plus you can still go to the toilet if you need to. And uh, five minutes is also fine for the opponent. Uh, You don't cool down. And um, as I said, in in certain conditions, as in New York, when it's humid, when it's hot, you need to go out because otherwise it's, it's impossible to play. But um, yeah, five minutes rule would be perfect, I
0: guess. All right, hey, if you're listening, ATP Tour, Dominic Team, world number six, it's five minutes. That's all you need. Get your business done, whatever that entails, and get back out there. We'll be back after this. More Dominic Team breaking down some matches as we are warming up and getting set to go. Katie McNally taking on Karolina Pliskova on Lewis Armstrong.
1: Tennis. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need.
0: Back on TC Live, one of our daily features, the celebrities out and about, people, stars in the stands. How about Alec Baldwin? The actor helped raise some money for the USDA Foundation. I believe he has a honey deuce there. They're $20 this year, John. He got his for free, I bet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No doubt. Isn't that the guy from Beetlejuice? Jack? Uh, No, Alex Baldwin, big tennis fan, but also Alec Baldwin is a big tennis supporter as well. He's helped with a lot of USTA philanthropy. Big tennis supporter, Anna Wintour,
0: editor-in-chief of Vogue magazine. Lindsay, she recently said she'd like to run Tennis Channel in her next life.
3: Let's do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I could use some Met Gala tickets, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, and, there, and there's
0: Steve Nash, coach of the Brooklyn Nets. He was in Coco Golf's player
1: box. Coco said she already beat him. He, he can play, though. That, that's yeah. a nice win for Coco, if that's true.
0: And
3: then I think he was at Naomi Osaka's match also. Yes. Sitting with her team.
0: Hits a lot in Manhattan Beach. The guy's got a, a big forehand. That's coach. Yeah. NBA, <laughs> NBA legend. It, 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 by the way, you can go to people.com, see more of the stars in the stands. Uh, Dominic, are, are, are you a Steve Nash fan? Familiar? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, um, I know that. Um, I know how well he plays tennis and how well he plays football as well. Um, I mean, basketball—we don't need to talk about. He's just amazing, but a uh, great guy, and happy to see him in the stands.
0: That's right, Steve. Big soccer fan, big okay. soccer player. He does a soccer podcast. Uh, all right, let's start to preview some matches going on today. Bibi and taking on Victoria Golubitch, Lindsay Golubitch, first Grand Slam quarterfinal at Wimbledon has never lost a match at the U.S. Open.
3: Yeah, I think this is going to be an important tournament for Endrescu. I mean, we've documented her struggles the last couple of years. I mean, she really came out of nowhere and burst on the scene in 2019, I mean, not only winning in Indian Wells, I mean, how about winning her first major, but so many injuries. And she, she's been playing of late, but she hasn't played maybe at the level that she would like to be playing at. be interesting to see if she could play free tennis tonight. And, you know, it's not easy when you come back. She's missed so much time. This is where she had her biggest triumph. She wants to start getting on a roll, big coaching change. And you just get the sense sooner or later she needs to get some wins to get that confidence back going.
1: Yeah. First
0: match for her here since 2019 when she won the title. All right, Dominic, we've got uh, young American Sebastian Corda in action. He's had a career high, 45 in the world, looking to get his first main draw win at the U.S. Open. Can he get it done today against Nicholas Basilevili?
2: Yeah, he can, but it's a um, super interesting matchup. I would say uh, 50-50. But Sebastian, I mean, he had a great season so far. And Basilashvili, somehow, any day he can explode and and play unreal tennis. But it's going to be a hard-hitting match. Um, Great to see. And, uh, I mean, both of them, whoever wins that one, can go pretty far, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Uh, Next one to break down, Denis Shapovalov taking on Federico Delbonis of Olive, John, four-match losing streak coming into the U.S. Open.
1: Yeah, remember he played that great semifinal at Wimbledon against Novak Djokovic, a career result and a major and a really sort of admirable performance. Didn't come through that, and you feel like that really took the proverbial wind out of its sails. It's been very rough going. Uh, Dominic can relate to to a one-handed backhand slinger, but uh, what do you make of Dennis, Dominic?
2: I know him since a very long time. We did already... Five or six years ago, our uh, preseason together, and back then already, I mean, it was clear that he's gonna be top ten at least. And uh, he had a major breakthrough in Wimbledon, played great tournament there. And I think it's also normal that after such a huge success, um, you drop a little bit your attention But I think also he needs the big stage um, with with the crowd and everything. Such an attractive player, so I guess that. He's going to be back on winning ways here in the US Open and a player who can go very far, um, if not all the way even.
3: That's a great point. You always want to have a player who's comfortable on the big stages. That's not easy sometimes for players to be able to play their best in front of that many people on such a big court. We say this about a few players. Their top level is so good and it's so fun to watch Shapo when he's striking the ball so well, it's that bottom level. That's what needs to come up. And the ability to win matches when you're not playing your best at whatever percentage that is, that is what he really has to try to unlock in these next couple of years. How do I win a match when I'm only playing 50 60% of my level? That's a skill that uh, probably needs to be worked on the next little bit of time.
0: Yes, and to Dami's point, obviously having the fans, big bonus for Denis Chapaval. He loves to play to the crowd. The night train going down at the U.S. Open. Matches begin noon Eastern on ESPN. Of course, we will be back 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow for more TC Live going four-wide. Great to have you, Domi. Day two, another success.
2: Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.
0: Always the defending champion on the men's side, Dominic Team For Lindsey and John, I'm Steve Weissman. Encore coverage on Tennis Channel, midnight Eastern tonight. Thanks so much for joining us on Tennis Channel Live.